everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Kathleen McGee's a Hot Mess. Um, it this episode is coming out on January 29th. January 2018 is almost done. How was uh, the first month for everybody? Um, I think my month was pretty good. I had uh, some fun. I had a good time in Saskatchewan last week and. Um, I, uh, I worked a bit. <laughs> um, the biggest thing that happened is, uh, I mean, I've been thinking about it since last summer and it's kind of been official since the fall-ish Christmas time, but I am moving back to Edmonton. Okay. So I don't know what your reaction was. <laughs> I mean, I've. I've gotten pretty good reaction for it. Um, a few people have been why, but mainly the thing is, it is so expensive living in Vancouver. It's a beautiful city, but it is just like, I pay my rent and I pay a couple bills and then there's nothing. And I really, really, really want to start booking myself into small theaters and and doing more for my career and I can't do that here because I'm not working enough um and I'm not making enough money basically Alberta (laughs) people you say Edmonton and people think that there's nothing going on there and I feel like I was worried to move back because it kind of feels like a little bit of a failure, but it's not. <laughs> I've moved away from Edmonton three times, and it always just pulls me back. But uh, <laughs> I'm not upset about it. It, it does, It's just seeing it that way. It. I mean, I shouldn't care what people think, but sometimes I think, that there are people that are like, oh, McGee's quitting comedy and moving back to Edmonton to do something else. But I'm not, I swear. I'm moving so I can do more comedy. And I think it's going to be a good move. I'm excited. I miss my family. I started watching This Is Us. (laughs) This is when this all started happening. I started watching This Is Us. And then I went... I was back in Edmonton in, what was it, April? It was summertime. And I was just hanging out with my friends, Nick and Alyssa, and just getting baked and watching news bloopers on YouTube, hanging out with their cat. And I just started to miss it. I don't have that here in Vancouver. I don't have a place where I can go and hang out. Not that I don't have friends here, but it's a different kind of friend. And hanging out with people that it didn't all just turn to comedy talk. It was real talk and just like having fun. And I missed it. And so I think that night I said, I think I should move back. And then Alyssa's like, yeah, you should. You really should. And then it just kind of sat in my brain for a couple months. And my thing is when I get something in my head, it'll happen. (laughs) Except for the be successful part. (laughs) 
But uh, so yeah, Adam and I and Eugene and Judy, we're moving to Edmonton. And we're not moving until May because if I moved in the wintertime, I would want to kill myself. <laughs> I'm doing this wisely because summers in Edmonton are gorgeous. And um, so, yeah, I'm I'm not sad about this. I'm just emotional about it. And Adam is uprooting his life and moving to Edmonton for me to be with me. So... <laughs> It's a really cool feeling. Um, yeah. So that was my big news. <laughs> and uh, it's really funny because... I don't know if it's news or not. But I'm on the road all the time anyway. I'm going to be close to my family. And I'm going to be back in Edmonton. And there's some cool shit happening there right now. Um, Comedy-wise. It's a great scene. Always has been. And uh, I'm just glad. I just want to be able to pay off my debts and get stress out of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, that's happening. Um, my cat that I was fostering, the Judy's mother, finally got adopted. I was so excited. And it was like one of those everything happens for a reason moments. Like, I think she had about a half a dozen people come and look at her. And not take her because she's really scared of people. She was really, I even said in her thing, she needs somebody that's like very um, patient. That's going to let her get used to them. And um, this little lady named Miriam, she's older. And she's the sweetest thing ever. She walked to my house w- with her walker. <laughs> like seriously. She came in. Marilyn ran the whole time. Wouldn't st- just hid the whole time. And then uh, I, we were talking in the living room. I was talking about what she needed. And then she goes, yeah, I'll take her. And I just like got so excited. And it was perfect because her home is the perfect home for her. It's just her. And she's going to treat Marilyn like a princess cat. And it was amazing. It made me so happy. I want to foster animals again. It was such a great experience. It was hard to say goodbye. And... It was so cute because I had her in a carrier and we were waiting for Miriam to show up and Judy just sat right next to it. <laughs> I was like, does she know she's never going to see her mom ever again? It's like weird thing we do to animals. <laughs> really weird thing. But everything worked out. It was awesome. And so, yeah, it was a good week. It was a really good week. The announcement of moving was good. Everything's good. Things are going to be good. 2018. We'll see what I have to say at the end of this year. But so far, I think 2018 is going to be a great year. (laughs) This week on the podcast, um, I've known this guy for a really long time. And he's so funny. No holds barred kind of person. Just says whatever the fuck he wants to say. And uh, his comedy is like that. He, I was hosting for him at Yuck Yucks. And he does this one joke where it's just amazing to watch the crowd like hate him but also be like fuck that was a good joke <laughs> so Tyler Morrison is my guest this week he uh he w- he wrote and was on the Ron Jeremy roast in Toronto and uh he's done the debaters and he runs his own comedy festival up in Muskoka which is if you don't know Muskoka it's in Ontario it's cabin country so 
beautiful up there, but he runs a really fun festival and he's just like a really fun, cool guy. We hung out. He stayed on my couch for a couple nights and yeah, he got to experience Abbotsford Yuck Yucks. <laughs> it's always fun watching someone experience that place for the first time. But anyway, uh, this was before he went and did that or after. I don't remember you guys. I don't remember what I did this morning. That's how good my memory is. But uh, but yeah, Tyler is a really, really fun guy. You've got to look him up online. If he comes to your town, go see him. Um, I believe he's going to be in Calgary soon. I don't know. But yeah, this is a really fun podcast. Where am I going to be? I am going to be in Prince George, British Columbia at the Treasure Casino, Treasure Island, Treasure Something Casino. I don't know. All I know is that I know it has a pancake conveyor belt. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like at those um, continental breakfasts and you hit one or two and it and a pancake comes out on a conveyor belt. It's I mean, it's one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. So I will be in Prince George on Thursday, February 8th at the casino. That'll be in Kinemet, 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 BC, Northern BC on February 9th. I don't know where the venue is, but if you're in Kinemet and you're listening to this, first of all, thank you. Second of all, message me and I'll tell you where the venue is. Um, what else? Oh yeah, that's February 9th, uh, February 14th. I'm headlining the monthly and all-female comedy show at Yuck Yucks Vancouver. Saturday, February 17th. Or Friday. Is it Friday? Crap. Friday or Saturday? I think it's Saturday. I'm in Whitehorse. Really excited to go back to Whitehorse. Um, at a theater there. Uh, I'll find out what the name of the theater is for the next podcast. And then, uh, yeah, Calgary Yuck Yucks. I'll be there February 23rd and 24th. Um, I'm going to be doing comedy Monday night on the 26th and then I head to Edmonton to do Edmonton Yuck Yucks on March 1st to 3rd and I think I have more stuff coming. I hope I do, <laughs> but that's all I know right now. <laughs> you guys being a not in demand comedian, but knowing that you're not terrible at your job is a very frustrating thing to me. <laughs> anyway. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you go and subscribe and uh, give me a good review. Bad reviews I don't want, so fuck off. Uh, tweet at me. Let me know what you thought of the episode. Kathleen underscore McGee. Thank you, as always, for listening. Make sure you tell a friend to listen to the podcast. Be like, there's this crazy girl that does podcasts, and she's nuts. And it's fun to listen to sometimes. Sometimes it's really sad because she's a sad person sometimes. But she's not that bad. So it's only because she's a little crazy. Anyway. Love you guys. Here is this week's episode uh, with the one and only Tyler Morrison. So, uh, okay, so we started talking about Merch, because merch is a huge thing in comedy. I think for any performer, because, you know, like bands, especially like I have friends in bands and they don't make a ton of money mm-hmm. and uh, between four people. So yeah. then they have merch and that's where they actually make their money. And then for the first time last year, I started selling merch and I was like, what? Why wasn't I doing this before? Because it really does mm-hmm. make up for 
what you're not making. Whoever you're getting shortchanged exactly. by whoever's bringing you in. Yeah, because you can't live on exposure alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> things like that. But uh, so your, what's your merch idea that you want to do? I think it's kind of cool. Do you want to share it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. The, the beer fridge thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm looking for a beer company. If you're listening and you have a beer company, approach me to put up a beer fridge. So on my tour... Everywhere I go, the, I have these stickers, and they have my album cover on it. Comes with a digital download of the album, uh, and I do it as like a pay as you can, pay what you can type thing. So any, I want everyone to get my album. I want everyone to to have that. Yeah, I think a lot of artists, it's not about people just want to get out there. Yeah, because I think a lot of us now make money off of sound exchange more than selling the exactly. album. Exactly, so. and I just I, I want people to uh, to get it and share it and tell people about me and come see me live, right? Yeah. So. So I want them to to have the album first of all, but when they buy the album, it's a beer fridge sticker, but they're going to get their name put into a draw and they go on the mailing list and then the winner gets the beer fridge. It's a it's a kind of a cool thing. I think people really like beer fridges. Yeah. Yeah, people do like <laughs> they love beer fridges. People like anything that they can win. Exactly. People like I like bars do that all the time, beer fridges and bikes and That's like That's it. If there's something that somebody can win, they're more likely to buy something. That's, that's a really you're, that's a really smart thing to do. Like yeah. for any comic, just to be like to have one big prize, and like if you buy a shirt, you get an entry to win yeah. like a beer fridge with Tyler's face on it. And let's be <laughs> honest, I'm a beer fridge guy. You are a beer fridge guy. <laughs> I'm a total beer fridge guy. When you think of guy. beer fridges, you think Tyler Morrison. <laughs> Tyler Morrison in the garage, hiding from his wife and daughter, soon to be daughters. I can't go anywhere oh anymore my in my God. house. It's like, the, you know how everyone wants a man cave? Like yeah. my man cave, I feel like the fucking one they dragged Saddam Hussein out of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, you just see me come out of the basement with a fucked up beard. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of poetic justice that you have two daughters. Oh now. yeah, You're rolled snake eyes a couple times. Yeah. You know what? I love it though. It's it's amazing. But I do, it, it gets a little bit... Uh, um, I think it's going to be tough when, when my wife is home on maternity leave and we got two daughters and then like, I won't even be able to fucking take a shit without going to my kids, my neighbor's kids tree house. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> are you going to keep having babies? Oh, I thought you were going to say you're going to keep the kid. Yeah. <laughs> are you keeping the, uh, well, your wife did post something that I thought was so funny is about swimming lessons. And like, she was asking advice from other parents and she was like, well, I mean, um, your daughter hates it <laughs> when she puts her, her head. On, should we dunk her? Should we shove her head under the water? And I literally commented, "I'm like, you probably shouldn't drown her." No, yeah, because <laughs> it just was. It, it was the funniest visual, <laughs> and I'm like, you need to make that a bit because that's really funny that your wife asked if you should like try to drown your daughter. Well, here's the thing: we go we go to the swimming lessons, and Jenna, she's not taking uh, Madeline swimming. I'm I'm the one that goes in with her, and yeah. the, it's you know, there's a bunch of kids and parents there. And the swim instructor, it's like, I know Madeline doesn't like being dunked, and I don't feel good dunking her because it makes her cry. Like, I don't, you know, they got to get used to it, but if they're not ready to get used to that, yeah. maybe she's just not ready. But every fucking drill that they do, or like every like thing, requires dunking every single one of them i'm gonna dunk this fucking instructor like i'm like, like i'm like trying to like deke out of every little lesson that they're teaching like i'm like i'm like hiding off to the side while the other parents are going through i don't want to get be the goose and duck duck goose and have to dunk my kid oh my so god I'm just like do they do that just so the kids get used to being underwater yeah. sort of like a 
Yeah, but like if they're not red, like if it, it. I don't think you should force anybody no. to go underwater. That's no, pretty... it's like fucking waterboarding. It is. Like, <laughs> let's waterboard our children. Yeah, re- reverse waterboarding. Oh I don't my know god. What... But uh, no, it's uh, it's just, yeah, it's an interesting uh, situation, and I'm driving home like fuck she's gonna fail sea turtle yeah <laughs> like I, I don't want to fail be the loser parent you know i failed fail i failed red in swimming lessons when i was a kid and my brother was younger than me passed and i was real pissed but it's all because of fucking jason my swim instructor <laughs> fucking jason with the fucking leprechaun fighting irish tattoo that prick he failed you he fucked me out Why? Of swimming what, what was the reason that he failed you okay so i wasn't good at putting my face in the water <laughs> It's a family legacy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to dunk. Jason. And, that's and he, so he failed you? No. Yeah, I guess so, like I it, it was red was when you learn like the front crawl or whatever. And I just wasn't good at like keeping my face underwater the whole time type yeah. thing. Like I always had um, like allergies. So like my nose would always be stuffed up. So like I didn't like holding my breath. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. I'm reliving some fucking torment you're here. Just, that I, I put it just away. Let it out. You're just I put crying. it away. Oh god, I just really wanted to get to maroon. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the color system. You know what's funny about the color system of swimming? Um, when when I went for my very first swim lessons, they were calling all the kids like so: yellow here, red here. Blue, green, <laughs> yellow, because you're still pissing in the pool. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> yellow the was the level. first one, so yeah. that that was the one I was supposed to go to. But they said anybody in blue come with us, and I was wearing a blue bathing suit, <laughs> so I literally <laughs> no. and I'm standing there I'm like a six year old kid with some like ten year old, twelve year old kids, and they're like, "Are you supposed to be in blue?" Blue's I'm pretty like, advanced. I'm wearing blue. Oh, like, it was never like it was cute, but I'm, I'm, they were also like, "This kid's an idiot." That's so funny. <laughs> He's an idiot. Oh. I was, yeah, it was kind of embarrassing though. But. Yellow and orange were a cinch. Yeah, Red super easy. Trip me the fuck up. I don't know how many I got. I've I competitive swam for a while, like really? like links and stuff. Um, yeah, I remember swimming, and uh, I remember I got put in a swim meet once, and. Uh, they forgot to enter me in the girls' one, so I just had to swim with the boys to get my time. Okay. And I beat all the boys at the be- at the breaststroke. Oh, there you what? go. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty exciting. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm like, that's the cool thing about kids is you get to go through all that kind of stuff again, is you get to go through swimming lessons again and like gymnastics. I was t- doing yes. a stand up bit about oh that, but it's, yeah, I'm such a loser when I'm there too. <laughs> Do they have like trampolines still or are they scared? Because I heard trampolines are dangerous now. No, no. Well, trampolines are, I guess, are dangerous um, if they're like the ones that are like in your backyard yeah. or something. But, but not ones... those places in, where they're on the walls and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty safe, uh, I think. And yeah, they do have them there. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I loved... We had like a trampoline at our school and we were never allowed to use it. <laughs> it was just like this trampoline that hung on the wall the of our gym. Tramp. Yeah, the forbidden <laughs> tramp. And you couldn't get on. We would always be like, when do we get to use the tramp? And they're like, one day, but we're not telling you when. Yeah. And then you never got to. Just never like, got to. Oh, that's bullshit. It is weird too because like I guess like you have you now you have a kid. How old is she now? Uh two and a half. So Okay. Yeah. Or just over like she'll be three in March. So Yeah. So yeah, so they kids are like pretty pussy like these days, right? I'm well, not saying your daughter yeah, is, but yeah. like you see it. You see the kids that are allergic to everything and that are Yeah, yeah. It's I I've I don't know. I think that's just a fucking symptom of parents, though. Like, parents yeah, over-parent now. Yeah. Like, when we were kids, just fucking go out there and 
yeah, my mom would sit and my mom would make us leave the house and we weren't allowed back in until she rang. We had a bell yeah. so that we could hear it anywhere we were yeah. in the neighborhood and we'd have to come home. My dad could whistle so loud oh that we'd God. hear him like five blocks away and you knew it was time to you come had to home because Tim was fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> it is crazy. Like, and I know every generation thinks that they had it harder than the next and everything. But I mean, like, I think about the stuff that we did as kids, and we would like go and hang out in ravines for yeah. half the day. We're and... like, and normally ravines is where you find bodies. Like that's yeah. like, like you find. Oh, there's a fucking news needle. Fucking sweet. <laughs> oh, we found condoms, and yeah. we were like, oh, finding a dome. We found ravine porn. You know, like yeah. ravine. That's where I saw my that's first blowjob. Yeah, was <laughs> in ravine porn. So what's that? Well, that's where I saw my first blowjob. Oh, and like, oh yeah, we found porn in the yeah. ravine. Yeah, we all, there's always someone. I was that, like, we have to put our mouths on them. My friend's like, oh my god, like it's just like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's the craziest. And I think that like that's the thing about every well, kids accessible for kids. Everything if they yeah. want, they don't have to leave anywhere. They have it in their hand now. Yeah, that's true. And uh, ravine porn should never be in your hand. <laughs> should be it's in the dirty. ravine, like literally dirty. It's filthy. It's covered in dirt. But yeah, I think it's a symptom of the parents too, overparenting and being yeah. like overprotective. Like I don't know, like I just what kind of parent do you want to be? Like, do you want to be over? Do you want to be that parent that's like, see, my mom, she was like, if you guys are gonna drink, drink, but do it at home. Yeah, yeah, where or where I'm drinking, so I'm I don't dr- gotta drive to get you. <laughs> <laughs> or like she would come and pick me and my girlfriends up at the bar, yeah, at, yeah. like when we were eighteen, nineteen. I would imagine that it'll be like that in my house because yeah. that's exactly how it was in, in my family. Like you've met my parents, like yes, they're, they're yes, awesome, they're right? very so cool. The um, yeah, they're they're totally lenient with that, and uh, I find kids that had that kind of parenting are usually. A little bit chiller. My friends who had parents that were super strict were the ones that like tried drugs way earlier, Acted out way harder. Oh yeah, like, it makes you want to rebel. Yeah, like I don't know, like our personalities as comedians. When someone tells us no. you can't do this, yeah. you want to do it. Like it's like if you, there's certain comedians too, and you can see it right away. Like Mike Wilmot is a prime example of this. If Mike Wilmot's on a gig and the promoter comes up before, like listen, Mike. Uh, you can say anything you want up there, but uh, just try not to say cunt. And then he says What's cunt the immediately. first thing that he's going to say? He's going to say yeah. it, and he's going to say it 15 times <laughs> but in a funny thing. way. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, there's, that's just like the the nature of comedians in general. So I think it's – but but comedians are people that want to be teenagers forever. You're that's such a good that's such an accurate statement. And so teenagers they don't want to like grow that, up. Yeah. Know? And so and so like I can relate to teenagers and and how that is. Yeah. You know? But it's it's just re- yeah. Well, it's because I I mean we were talking about this last night how you know we're both we've both got pretty uh, some jokes that are could be considered very offensive but we get away with it because of the way we frame them but. I know when I can see someone in the crowd or if I can feel the crowd is too offended, yeah. I go even dirtier oh, and yeah. even darker. And Put I don't know why down. I do that. Yeah. But I just – I shove it down their throats even harder. In these, like, yes, parenting too strict definitely makes people want to like act out. Like I had a friend. he His parents were like the most strict or whatever and he's gay now. So <laughs> – <laughs> You're terrible. That's not a bad he, thing. He's really acting out. That Andrew. <laughs> oh he's watched gosh. Titanic four times already. That's a double VHS. 
<laughs> That's a double VHS. Kids will never know how annoying it was to stop the VHS yeah. and put the new one in. It's yeah, it's it, it, we are getting to that age where it's like, well, you'll never get this and you'll never know this. And we were the last generation that didn't have the internet. We weren't raised on the internet. Yeah. It came out when we were like in high school. Mm-hmm. I remember I I still have the same email I had in high school. I just thought of the story. <laughs> The, my friend who's gay that I'm just joking about. He's really cool guy. I love that guy. But uh, his mom found out I was a stand-up comedian. Like She was like so so strict and kind of like uppity. And uh, their other son was like, Mom, check it out. Tyler Morrison's a stand-up comedian now. And she just looks at him. She goes, Tyler Morrison is not funny. <laughs> that was Why like, does she not think you're funny? I don't know. I just a little fucking bastard. Oh my god. I was such a bastard in high school. Did, when you when people find out that you're a comedian, it's like people most people are like, "Yeah, yeah," but except for she was just like She she fucking despised me apparently. Oh my god. Tyler Morrison is not funny. I wanted to call one of my albums that. I th- <laughs> but have her on the cover saying it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever like? Um, were you ever forbidden to hang out with? Because somebody like for me once when I was uh, ten or eleven or twelve or something, my best friend and I found Adam Sandler's "They're All Gonna Laugh at You" oh, yeah. at HMV, and it had the parental thing, but we didn't know. And on on the thing, it had Fatty McGee, which I was like, "Well, we gotta buy this. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. I'm Fatty McGee." <laughs> and uh, so we got it. We took it home, and we were listening to it, and. We listened to at a medium pace, and oh yeah, me and Jana were just like in shock, but we were, we couldn't stop laughing. We're like, "This is the funniest <laughs> thing ever!" So we called her house, yeah, and we asked for her brother who was three years younger. So he might have been like eight or nine, and we're like, "Jeff, listen!" So we put him on the phone and we put the, <laughs> the song on and we played the whole song and then she put she after the song was done she goes wasn't that hilarious and it was her dad and was, her dad was like no get home right now and we weren't allowed to like hang out with each other for two Adam weeks medium pace is such a filthy song it's too. so filthy i love those adam sandler albums they were like game changers for yeah. me like, and the jerky boys yeah like we're, we're probably around the same oh age, yeah i think like i was born in 1983 so yeah i'm 81 like, yeah so the, those were like you when you're in your adolescence and you're just like starting to like play around with risque humor yeah. and, and and uh really st- and you understand it too but like you're not supposed to talk about it and finding those albums were, were just like absolutely the funniest things ever like i started recording my own comedy sketches yeah after, we did that we did radio shows yeah, yeah. After, and it was adam sandler like he he doesn't get enough credit for his albums because those albums were fucking monstrous those yeah. first two especially what the hell happened to me and the uh, what was that? they're all gonna laugh they're at all you they're all gonna laugh at you i remember that was one that i was not allowed to listen to yeah there's a couple my parents are usually pretty good with like letting me just listen to whatever but yeah my <laughs> my uncle found my Adam Sandler cassette and like put it on. He thought it was fucking of funny. Of course, right? uncles and aunts are always the cool. Yeah, ones. yeah. And then my dad, my dad, who's usually cool, or whatever. Yeah. He probably is just reacting to like to try and pretend to be a good parent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like punish me just in just in case. Yeah. <laughs> but my uncle put it's a cassette. He puts the cassette tape in the uh, in the tape player in the car, and he goes, "It's like Tim, check out the." Uh, Check out the comedy album your son's listening no. to. And it's the uh, Respect sketch. And the first thing that comes out of the tape is Sammy jump in front of a fucking truck. 
<laughs> I got the Adam Sandler tape fucking taken away from me. But there's nothing better than knowing that that type of comedy is a contraband in your house. Like, that is awesome. That yeah. makes it more more exciting to listen to that knowing that this is something you're not this like is bad. You're gonna listen to it quietly in the yeah. basement with your friends and you're you know trying to not laugh too loud and uh and like if it, if it gets taken away from you by your parent going and finding that cassette like where they hit it and yeah fucking getting it out and listening to it so bad yeah yeah well, same with, i miss like, that i miss that rush it was the same with like it was funny because my mom was like this is hilarious my mom was like she was totally okay with us watching bill cosby <laughs> like <laughs> the dentist That's routine it. yeah but she did not really <laughs> like that we would watch eddie murphy and when people ask me what did you like what what was like an inspiration for you to get into comedy and literally honestly eddie murphy delirious Big time I was a kid. I don't know how old I was when I saw it, and I probably barely understand understood any of it. But I remember watching it with my brother and my cousin, and they would laugh so hard. And um, like I didn't know what AIDS was. I didn't know yeah, what all yeah. this stuff was. But I watched this, and I, th- I thought, so you can get all of the attention. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't have to share with anybody else. And I think mm-hmm. that like kids that become comedians probably saw something like that and had the same experience be like i want all of the attention that's, that was it, it for me a hundred percent like when i saw like eddie murphy raw was a big one for me like i like raw better than delirious but yeah. i i think i owned raw on vhs and i didn't was, own was delirious. delirious first or second delirious was first yeah, raw was yeah. the second one but i i love both of them but I, the and you know at the time too when you're younger and it, it's not as offensive now like it some of that well it's kind so, of offensive some of the come home with aids on your lips yeah, yeah, like some that of it kind didn't of, hold up is yeah what I mean, what I, where i'm getting at but back but it's then, not you know, as edgy yeah, yeah yeah and it's uh but that was like i love i loved those those specials and the rock star element to it but it was andrew dice clay was the one that i really really, really i never got to. into andrew andrew dice clay see i i saw him for the first time i think it would have been like grade eight or grade nine and you i saw him live no no, oh. no just just saw like okay. i saw the video in the video store and i saw the cover of his video and it's like him with like the fucking leather jacket and it's like it was like one night with dice it just says guaranteed to offend i'm like this guy's the fucking coolest already yeah i got to see this and i got that and the dice man come after it and uh and i'm like this guy is a fucking monster like everyone is going crazy they're chanting dice it was like it wasn't even like so much the material it was the attitude and the mania yeah behind it like i i like seeing like this the fandom that's happened so i'm very i'm very intrigued by that as a comedian and even before as a comic but yeah to see that type of mania build behind a comedian is so rare and only a few people have been in that air. You know, like look at who's who's ever been in that like that rarefied like chanting air. their name. Like Steve Martin has been like selling out yeah. you know, like selling out arenas, Russell Peters, Carlin, Dane Cook, Carlin kind yeah, of kind but of not and uh CK was kinda there. Yeah. He was kinda like the next guy and then uh you know, there's a, there's just there's only a handful. Eddie Murphy obviously yeah. but like even prior wasn't like that big time as like you know where it got where it just blew up like and all these and you're just doing arenas yeah 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 so that that was interesting uh for me as a kid to see that and like that made me go this is what i want to do yeah and it really i don't know how much it was the material the material's fine and uh and i like you know the shocking offensive nature yeah especially when you're like a 
you know, a fourteen-year-old boy seeing Dice Clay. That that's, that's fucking. Pretty... That's the time when you should really enjoy yeah, Dice totally, Clay. Totally, <laughs> you're gonna enjoy it the absolute most when you just. I always liked crap. watching people say stuff and get away with it, and yes. I think that's why I do the kind of. It's probably why you do what you do. Oh yeah, it's fun to push the line. And... Totally fun to push the line. It's fun to watch somebody in the audience get furious over words. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's fun. Sorry, <laughs> like it is a good time. <laughs> Who was the first person you ever saw live? Oh, that's a good question. Live stand-up. I never saw it before I did it. Me, really? Yeah, I don't think I saw it live before I performed live. I, I did. I remember I wanted to get into comedy, so I started going to Yuck Yucks. And I, my first comic that I ever saw live was Mike Dambra. Do you know mm. Dambra? Mm-hmm. So, and Dambra I don't know him like personally, a, but I, I know who he is. And yeah. he has an act, and it's got like uh, – like, this is his act, and uh, I just remember watching it, and he destroyed the room, and I was just like, again, look at all the attention this guy's mm-hmm. getting. Everyone loves him, and it was pretty – like, it totally was like, yeah, I'm going to keep coming here every single week. Oh, that's It was cool. just like – yeah, I never, I never had that experience because I, I couldn't even tell you. You just you then tried it. Who? Yeah, like, yeah. I, where I, did you try it first? At Yucky X downtown. Like, I was, I did the Humber Comedy Program, so I was like eighteen, and they put you on stage. You did Humber Comedy Program. Yes. Okay, <laughs> let yes. me ask you about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I know there's a lot of like people. I never did a class. Like a mm-hmm. lot of people did classes, but like, um. The thing that I like about the Humber program is it puts you together with like-minded people and then you can find – because what you really need when you start comedy is a crew. Yeah. That sounds like lame, but like you need a group of people that you can go to open mics with, that you can hang out with and you – because it's easier to fit in when you're in a group. I think so too. And I think that Humber really did that for a lot of people. That was my favorite part really about Humber is that it's a vacuum of creative people. Yeah. It's not so much what they can teach you. It's what you're willing to do within that like structure and like – but when you went there, did mm-hmm. you did you have this expectation of like, well, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to be a comedian when I graduate? No, not no. at all. Like I just knew that like I saw how hard some of the people worked and yeah. it wasn't hard. And they, you know, there's a lot of people goofing off. Then yeah. there's the people that took it serious. And uh, I wanted to take it more serious than them. And like I'd be there. I'd be writing every morning. Like I'd have a newspaper and like write – people wow. don't read newspapers anymore. I'd write like jokes off of like every headline, try and figure out a joke on every That's type awesome. of thing. And I just went like – and I'd be there because like I was commuting from outside of the city, about 40-minute commute. You did – you commuted every day? Yeah, yeah. I had oh a friend God. that went to the same not, – not the comedy program but went to school there it, and I caught a ride with him. And, and his classes would be earlier than mine, so I would go – I'd work out at the gym, then I'd go and write for like two hours, and then class would start. So I'd be there before everyone else. Yeah, I just wa- I just had this work ethic that other people my age at the time did didn't not have. didn't have. But like that group of people that I came up with was like an incredible. Like, it was like the dynasty year at Humber College. Like if you for comedy, if you yeah. go back and look at who was in that year, there's a lot of people still working pro today. Nick Beaton, uh, Hunter Collins, Brian O'Gorman, Sarah Hennessy. Um, I don't know. Do you know Rod uh, Rodrigo Fernandez Stoll? He's no. like he's an actor, like sketch actor, but he's in tons of commercials. Yeah. Um, this guy Dan Spear, and he still does like you know internet related things like comedy, wise not stand up, but uh, yeah, he's had you know a couple TV shows, and so there's there's like at least ten people. And did you do the full program? Too? Is it two? I years? I did two years. Yeah. And was it worth it? Like, was it? I thought it was. I I thought it was for me. Um, because, like I said, I met everyone that was there. I formed good relationships. Yeah. It was – and also, um, 
I formed a good relationship with uh, with Andrew Clark, who's the now he became the head of Humber now. Like yeah. before he was the the head guy. Like I, he's he's been a huge supporter of the comedy festival, and yeah. they they sponsor the comedy festival every year. And so it's it's we've been I've been able to to use the relationships that I've made there to do better things with comedy, which I think is good. So yeah, like I mean, I, a lot of people shit on the Humber program, like comics that mm-hmm. don't know anything about it. Well, they always shit on it. Yeah, like, when I was there, no one fucking liked Humber students. The 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 open mic scene in Toronto hated Humber. Hated Humber. Like these, but I was the only one that fucking went out and did mics when in my year. I was the only yeah. guy doing mics. And they didn't even know I was fucking at Humber, so they're just shit talking the Humber guys, and I'm just laughing about it. That's smart of you, though. Like, but but so so but they but they made it like hostile for like guys to come out. And I remember like I think it was like Cal Post and someone else came out to a mic, and like it was they were basically intimidated out of like being there. It was not nice back in the early no two thousands. It, it was a much different scene. There yeah, were very few mics. Uh, out there and I think we we talked about this a little bit last night about how comedy used to be a little bit rougher and I think the, the to a degree there's good elements of that but there's also you know I think I think overall comics should be a little bit like more I, I like that people are encouraging but yeah. I think that Humber created the Toronto scene that we know today them and comedy bar without yeah. those two things Humber pumped up pumped out so many people every year into the that it just exploded the scene that there's so many comics now like there's you're hard pressed to find a better comedy scene than Toronto. In, there's a like, lot of people there. Yeah, and it's and it's uh, it's a lot because of that because you know every year there's at, you know at least three I think that end up going pro. Yeah, and then uh, but because they Humber students maybe felt a little bit like alienated at those mics, they started creating their own, mm-hmm. and then there's more mics, and then all of a sudden it just evolves into this much bigger scene. Yeah, and that's like me me looking back on that. That's like 14 years ago. So like I've seen the actual evolution when I was out, you know, at 19 years old doing these. You know, the old, there's like you know, fucking 10 mics maybe in Toronto yeah. back then that you could do. It and, did. It it made sense. To have it because, you know, like if you, how else you're going to get to Toronto, yeah. you know, so you can go to school and your parents might be okay if you, if you say it. you're going to school. That's a big and thing. not Because, I mean, I just did open mics and, uh, like, I, I probably <laughs> spent as much as you did on Humber College on yeah. drinks and, like, yeah, and going yeah. and gas and all this other stuff. Being from a small town out of town, it's a good excuse to go to this city. Exactly. It gives you a little bit of a structure as well. Yeah. And, and, again, it's something that your parents can maybe relate to. A lot of parents aren't really supportive. What, what did your parents say when you said you wanted to go to comedy school? They were 100% cool with it. They yeah. knew that that's what I wanted to do. They knew that I was a that I, like, that I was a writer and that yeah. I was that type of Mind. minded. Yeah. So they supported me and everything. Like They were really cool about yeah. it. My dad used to drive me to like every open mic and all these gigs. He was the coolest about Aww, it. Oh, that's he's so like, awesome. He's like a hockey dad, <laughs> but like applied that to comedy. To comedy. I love <laughs> hearing when parents are supportive. Of, um, I've been lucky too. Like I've had very supportive oh, yeah. parents. Well, even like I did a show in, uh, was it Midland? And it was just fucking shitty weather. This was like last month. My dad drove me to, to Midland oh, and drove God. me back. Yeah, because he's got a big fucking SUV and I don't. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he's got a real job. And he job. doesn't trust you to take it. <laughs> he's got a real job. <laughs> he's got a real job. Um, and then how many years until you start? Because you started the Cottage Country Comedy Festival, yeah. which is amazing. It's it's Thank so you. much fun and it's it's expanded a lot. Yeah, it's a, we. I've kind of seen like you know I I know where the limitations are and yeah. and and you know 
after doing it for 10 years already, like you kind of, you know, know what you want out of it and stuff. But it, yeah, it, the festival has been a fun thing for me to do. And, you know, I'll keep doing it as long as it's fun, I think. I still have my bearware stuff. I wear those sweats oh, all the shout time. Shout out to Muskoka Bearware. Muskoka Bearware. Yeah. Um, I, whenever I go to a town, I'm like, you guys need a comedy festival. Because I just want people to do comedy festivals. I know. Is it really hard to start? A comedy festival? Yeah, like, well, when I started it, it was uh, kind of by fluke and, like, also just, you know, pure arrogance that you can just <laughs> do this. You, I'm not, this isn't an insult. You are, you are arrogant in a good way. Yeah, I know. You're I, not, like, full of yourself as in fuck everyone else, but you are very confident in who you are and your act, and you're not afraid to ask for stuff, which is huge in the comedy world. Well, I, I'm kind of. I don't think arrogance is the right word. Like, a, it, I don't mean any of this in a no, negative no, no. Way I at don't all. take. I don't take it like that. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I know what I want, but I, but I'm not. I don't think I'm good at asking for stuff because I'm too arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can stop you too. I like, can. That happens to me sometimes. I'm like, I'm not gonna pride. ask for that. There's too much pride. And yeah. it's, it, I think it's a common symptom with comedians that, like, when you're young and starting out, you think you should be on Saturday Night Live tomorrow, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you don't know. You're like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm gonna message. Just for laughs and see if I can do it. Like you've done like ten open mics, right? You think you're Eddie Murphy? Like you th- think you're gonna rock this place? And, yeah. And it's just so funny to think that that's probably how I thought. Like definitely, yeah, I thought yeah. I was the greatest. And then and like for for the and then first, you get humbled after a few years. Yes. Like you don't. I was get totally a douchebag when I started. Like <laughs> the me. Like if I met me when I was eighteen, now I'd fucking beat the shit out of me. <laughs> But I'm a little bit more out of shape, so it'd be a good fight. <laughs> it would be fair. I'd still, fair. I'd still win, but <laughs> I don't know which which one of me would win. Well, one of you would win. That's all about. Yeah, one Tyler Morrison would win that fight. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but to, um, I, I think that like, yeah, you get like so confident, and at a certain level, comedians like when you start like getting asked to do stuff, you're like, yeah, everyone should just ask me to do it now, and yeah. then you stop hustling the guys who have got ahead are the shameless motherfuckers that just keep asking keep asking and as they get better they're still greedy to ask and i've never been like yeah i feel like i kind of um for a few years anyway i certainly was like too humble to like no i guess not humble i don't know what i didn't want to ask yeah people for anything and whether that was I just was didn't want to get rejected. Well, you weren't or, delusional either. Yeah, then. yeah. I didn't want to get – maybe I didn't want to get rejected. There's a bit of that because, like, you don't want – that. You don't want too much rejection early on. It doesn't feel good. No. Yeah. But like, now I feel like as – you know, I've been doing this long enough. I feel like I'm good enough that I can ask people for stuff again. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. But, I, you know, it's just – yeah, it's a, it's a, diff, a weird process. I think for for every comedian too, there's that there's the business side and there's the art side. Yeah. And for you to become a good artist, you have to be your own harshest critic. But to be able to sell your art, you have to think that your art's amazing for people to believe the sale. Yeah. So that's a real tough thing that people struggle with, and and it's hard to ask for money and oh, yeah. for the right amount of money because you don't want to lose the gig. You know, in your head, what you need to make rent that month, like. Oh, I need this much to like, you know what you're willing to accept, but you know that your rate should be much higher. And so like, that's why agents, the only reason that agents exist is that they, they'll ask for, they'll ask for that. And and, and then you don't have to feel that like personal doubt. Like you don't have those conflicting emotions. And I remember the first time I asked for a big amount and I got it, I was in shock. 
Yeah, see, that's... I was like, oh, okay, now I'm going to ask for more. Yeah, and I, the other thing is is this, is I think this is interesting, um, is people like, like I come from a, like a working class family, I'm sure you do too, it's, yeah. it's a, I don't come from a lot of money, I'm not used to, to a lot of money, and so when all of a sudden you, you know, you probably should be commanding more money, it's like hard to ask for more. Yeah. So, but people who come from money... No fucking question. They're just so comfortable asking for a shit ton of money. Yeah. And it's it's like once you prove to yourself that you can negotiate on that level, like I just negotiated a, you know, let's say $5,000, $10,000 deal. Once you like get up in that rung, you can start pl- being comfortable in yeah. that level. But it takes a while to get to that, especially when you're, you know, have to be your own worst critic at, with your art. So to feel comfortable with that and maybe not come from a lot of money to like ask for for a lot, it's it's a real it's a real uh, conflict to to figure out. Yeah, and it's it is hard to like say. Well, for forty five minutes, I'm going to talk and make you laugh, and I want this much money. And I still, I mean, uh, I still can't believe I get paid to do this. Like I never remember when I got fifty dollars for my first gig, and I was like, holy. Yeah. Fuck. If someone offered me fifty bucks for a gig right now, I'd be so up insulted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, and there's gigs that there's gigs that you'll do for free because you want to do that gig or you have a reason why you need to get on stage or whatever. Yeah. Like, but then there's then there's real gigs that you know it's this is how much I need to fucking make. It's a real also. Um, I remember as a kid and I thought, oh, if you're on TV, you're a millionaire. And <laughs> I I remember watching my. First Winnipeg Comedy Fest, watching it, and I was like, I had zero dollars in the bank, and I'm like, John Wing is a millionaire. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I thought John, I thought Mike McDonald was a millionaire. I yeah, thought, yeah. I thought all these people, and then even meeting other actors and artists, even actors that are on regular television mm-hmm. shows, they're like, I don't have any money. Well, it's because they had. It took them 15 years to land that one gig. Yeah. You know, like it's. And like, then, it, and then once you get that big, you have all these other people. You have to pay your manager, your yeah, agent, yeah. this and that. And it's just like. It is a huge eye opener that this is not a money making. Not in Canadian, not in Canada. It's 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 for sure. There are things that that sustain it, and there are things that uh, you know. You just have to know who you are and yeah. what your lane is, and go at just it go as hard it. as you can. I think I think that's maybe the the best thing that you can do. Like I. I'm. I don't know. I didn't start touring a lot, like until more recently. Really, like I've been in. I've been. Yeah, doing you're mostly in out in Ontario. Yeah, yeah, and like I, this is my first time out in out in BC. Like I've never come out here. Next month is my first time going to Alberta to do shows. But I'm coming as like a. I'm coming out here as like a fully formed act now. Yeah. So it's not like I'm coming into town and maybe having like a a weaker act or a newer comic trying yeah. to you know pay my dues. So I feel like I have. I'm excited every time I go on stage now, and and it's like definitely helped me with uh, with getting you know ahead. Is yeah, a lot of guys have come and, and girls have come and done done these shows, and they've you know they're it's in just another day at the office. But like when it's like my first time going here, it's like I'm coming to destroy, and, it's and again. I'm excited. And I but I but I try and like get that excitement every time I go on stage, even if it's an open mic. Yeah, because it's I think that. Audiences can sense; they can absolutely sense your fucking boredom, or if someone's going through the motions and phoning it in, they can sense it. These guys have been doing the same act 
every fucking year for 25 years and haven't written a new goddamn joke and they still fucking get booked. Yeah. Audiences can sense that and it makes me sick that they've had to pay money to see those guys do that shit. Guys, start fucking writing. And girls, there's and some women yeah, out yeah. there that are... I mean guys in like the plural. Yeah, yeah. yeah just like, but, but yeah, comics start... Keep writing. Yeah. Because like, there are people who will come see you again and if you don't have... Some new shit. Yeah. Like, they can understand, you know, if it's within a year, you should have a little bit of new stuff for sure. And yeah. if it's within two years, you better have a new act, I think. Well, the thing is, like, I, I have been touring f- at least seven years now straight. Of yeah. Just, like, back and forth and back and forth. And there are places that, that I come back to and it's my seventh year. And, I mean, I always hope that someone comes back and sees something new, like, this will air after, but I'm going to Saskatoon on Wednesday yeah. and I'm doing the Capitol, which is like one of my favorite places. Kelly Taylor's. It's so great. It's yeah. so great. And the, the people at the Capitol are amazing. And and I think it's going to almost sell out. This lady messaged me. She goes, I'm bringing 20 friends. That's awesome. But that's from touring like relentlessly. Yeah. But I'm also exhausted of doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm still like seven years of doing that and like it's still the same places. I have not leveled up. Yeah. I have not. And it's not... For lack of trying or – but, yeah. like, it's just – it's exhausting. It is. And, and I need to get excited like you are again because I do not get excited when I have to go on the road. I think I think what I've, what I've kind of done too is, like, I really look at my career based on, like, what are, what's my content? What type – it's, like, I'm so competitive with my content and, like, yeah. what I'm – trying to top what I've done before. And, like, I like putting out albums because it's kind of like you're, you're bookmarking, like, a period of time that you I still spent. haven't put my album out yet. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, it's just but, it's – I've listened, but it's – I can't stand listening to myself. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's – I mean, that's something that, yeah, it might take – it's hard to get over, I guess. Yeah. But, like, for me, it's, like – I want to do better than the last one and I'm trying to be prolific in how much material I'm writing, but also make sure that it's, you know, I've worked it so that it's, you know, it's polished and it's, it's really good. But that focusing in on that body of work, I think it takes away some of the other like layers of what you're worrying about. It's like, as long as I am, am working on building this, you just, it's like building a house, you know, you're just, gotta build this house and yeah. then you're gonna build the next one and then you can build bigger, bigger next time each time and yeah. people will notice it as you progress because if you're just just keep coming all of a sudden when you do pop people your fans are gonna come back and go holy fuck this person's got four yeah. albums or three albums of like killer stuff that i've just found now i've just discovered or let's say you get a netflix deal somehow and uh you have three comedy specials that you've already recorded in the past that still kind of hold up mm-hmm. well you license those in on the like because they like you now you're in the, that system so I, I think that there is a lot of people maybe spend a lot of time focusing in on that five minutes to get seen which you should still do mm-hmm. but building a body of work will kind of help you get sharper as like a and i mean body of work as in like a 40 minute or an hour yeah. or whatever like building that rock solid um perfect comedy album or or video special or whatever uh i think it just gives you competitive goals with yourself yeah within your material it keeps you writing yeah and, and, and staying writing is is you're o- you're only gonna get better if you keep writing yeah like that and i haven't like my problem is i haven't recorded any of it so i've probably lost so much stuff over the years like yeah. i record it for myself but uh i just don't listen to it it's i don't know it's weird I forget. I'll forget material, and it's because I like I'm writing so much. Yeah. I'll forget. So I'm like, I gotta just. I had two albums sitting like in my like 
I'm going to forget this shit, so I got to record them now, now and put it out. And uh, like I only wanted to do one, but I I had two, so that's worked, good. It worked out, so, yeah. And I ha- and I have like enough material that I can build the next one within a year. Like yeah. it's not, I'm not like just throwing everyone everything out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's it was just one of those it's just one of those things though I, I, that I I believe that that's helped me get excited about comedy just yeah. because I'm just really care about the crafting of it and. And it's exciting to see how new material does, and yeah, and and yeah, getting excited about the craft of of your act is is a is a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah, you, if you don't, <laughs> you're gonna want to quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can o- and you can only really control what you do on that stage. That's your time to control. Yeah. You know things. That other people in in the industry can't they can't fucking take away you killing. Yeah, they can't take away that. They can't go. Well, that person didn't just fucking kill for forty five minutes, or you know, didn't knock out their showcase. Yeah, they, they can fucking lie to themselves all day long, but everyone in that room knows what happened. Yeah. So like that's, I think that's important to like, you know, to feel good like about yourself doing it. Do you have like a thing like I sometimes have this thing where I want to prove certain people wrong who've told me that I can't do this and I can't do that. And My then... whole life is revenge. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of revenge. But no, you know what? I, I've tried to to like put that aside because I think that that's like a mental roadblock. Like yeah. That, yes, there are lanes that I feel are currently closed to me in the in the business, but I'm never going to let that person – stop me from getting to where i want to go yeah if i gotta go around you or fucking over you or through you that's where i'm going and it's i want to be so good that anyone that that did try and create a block for me gets fucking fired that's for being so fucking stupid that's what i mean though i don't mean like yeah 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 i don't i don't mean like um yeah, like you get you don't get hung up on that one person. No, but, no, but no. But I want to be like I I just want to be able to be like okay. I remember how you told me that yeah. I was too dirty for this, and yeah. now you're asking me to do it. Like it just like that kind of stuff. Like redemption, maybe it feels oh, like I, redemption. I want to be neck deep in the fucking blood of my enemies, <laughs> <laughs> just crunching the fucking bones of the people who stepped in my way. Just standing on their fucking skulls yeah. with the spurs of my fucking snakeskin cowboy boots <laughs> as I ascend to the top of Comedy Mountain <laughs> <laughs> and breathe in that fucking air. I think every, I think everybody in this planet has something where someone has told them that they can't do something and then they they do it and yeah, my gay it's friend's such a good mom. feeling. Yeah, Tyler Marson is not. Hi. Yes, I am. <laughs> I will show you, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, Nance. Look where I am now, baby. <laughs> Kathleen McGee's living room. It's pretty exciting. It's the, pretty studio, cool. the studio. The studio. <laughs> the studio. It's got a fireplace. That's yeah. all that matters. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those those people, that, you know, I think there, I do think in comedy uh, that comedy is uh, a lot of nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, who were maybe picked on in school? Yeah, and they comedy was their thing that they retreated to. Yeah, and they don't like seeing a guy like me, who they see their high school bully in. Yeah, doing well at comedy, 
and they fucking want to punish you for that or keep you, you know, like there's a lot of people that want to be gatekeepers and the second they get a little bit of power in the industry, they use it. They use it and it's embarrassing. Quit being a fucking dweeb. You know, like you want to be cool, be fucking cool. Book Tyler Morrison, pay him tons of money. And you know, (laughs) and like plus, like you don't know who's going to be where or doing what. Like when you first meet a comic, um, (laughs) <laughs> you just try to I mean just try to be nice because you don't know if that person yeah. five years from now is going to hit it and then they'll hate you because they'll remember yeah, yeah. that you treated them like shit the first time or or they'll start running their comedy festival and then well, there are all people, your friends are going you were pe- addicted Tyler so you can't go <laughs> well there are people who like I think back when we were younger we were kind of starting out and we didn't like each other at the time and like it was kind of like you know I I'm, didn't like you no not oh. you no 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 no, <laughs> like, what? no no you and I were always cool uh just other comics yeah. that like maybe they came from a different clique and I came from a different clique we didn't really know each other but it's like you know there's that competitive yeah attitude and we're you know comics can be dicks and I was for sure a dick but I feel like there's people like that who after all, all of a sudden you realize like, wow, we've been doing this 10 years and that guy's still there and I'm still there. It's like, there's like a respect. It's like, yeah, you stuck with it. I stuck yeah. with it. That's cool. Like I can look and go, yeah, maybe I was a jerk back then too. You know, just you get your back up about little things. And yeah, there's just for sure people that I um, felt that way about. And I think they probably felt that way about me and we're friends now. So it's like, it's just things like that. Yeah, totally. Um, that, you know, you can't get too caught up in it. Yeah, the it's, it's tall grade school though. It is. It's totally. It is like we're, we're grade all, school. All fucking want to be like high and school. And in Canada, it's like it's like a tiny school with only a few opportunities. Yeah. So it gets really competitive in Canada, and I find that there's more feuds in Canada than in the states. Yeah. More people yeah. are less likely to help you out up here than they are down. In yeah, people America. are people are protective of their turf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people at a certain level, you have to like almost like hold your ground in this industry well yeah because there's it i mean for women there's yeah you know there's only room for one funny black girl and <laughs> one dirty white girl and, and one only lesbian one straight white male <laughs> that's God not it that will never God be true tyler it. that will God damn it <laughs> the, the red carpet it will always be rolled out for all straight white guys that's never going to be untrue When's my but red carpet being rolled out <laughs> But it's, I'm so good at being straight and white. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I've got so much privilege and I love it. I love using it. I will wield it. <laughs> I will wield my privilege. But it, yeah, no, it, it does like, uh, it, it, it is hard. Like it's hard for people to understand that in Canada that, and we don't have this system there's, where there's, like a big comic can take you on the road in Canada. Yeah. It doesn't happen that way very much. Well, I think There's it, one or two, but not very many. When it comes to like opportunities, I think we think of, you know, the big festivals, the te- televised yeah. galas and stuff like that. That's a, a thing that everyone in Canada is kind of shooting for or, you know, hopes to, to get into that rotation. To yeah. be in that wheel is like, it's nice. It would be nice to have, it's always nice to have a cherry gig just Totally. Tossed your way, right? And it's and it's it looks good, and it's a little bit of a, you know, everyone likes to fucking jockey and yeah, and and uh, put it out online and you know self promote, which is good. But I, I think that there's um, one thing that we don't realize about, or we we probably do, but these festivals they're televised. They don't necessarily cast the best comics they're casting it like a tv show yeah they cast a stand-up show like friends like you know or, yeah. or whatever whatever tv show but they have to have they're really trying to be they, they are they're really trying to be diverse right now i do think that and 
and that's good. Yeah. But it doesn't maybe equate for the best stand-up show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm I, not. I agree with you. I don't think, and I don't think I'm disparaging anybody by saying that. I'm no. just saying it's more like they they cast it like a sitcom, and we, but like as comics in the trenches, we think about it like. Well, I'm funnier than that guy. Well, it doesn't really fucking doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. We need this represented here, and you know what? Like, I, I didn't get uh, a Winnipeg Comedy Festival gala. Um, I think it was last year. May I felt like I maybe showcased this material like a year early. Mm-hmm. And Dave Hempstead, it was like my my stuff about like having a kid and stuff like that. And Dave Hempstead, he just had a daughter. Yeah. Like they're the same age. Well, who are they going to use? The, they're gonna, they're going to go with the guy. That is, he's 10 years ahead of me. He's yeah. fucking funny. I'll always be chasing Dave Hempstead as long as he keeps working yeah. at the level that he works at. So there's a there's a great example of, uh, of you know, someone getting something. O- I think I thought he he got it over me there and not in a and I wasn't upset about it. I was no, like, that's a great comic. Yeah. And I but I understand that, like, he's got the new dad material and I got the new dad material and we're both pitching it to the same show. They're going to pick. One guy, and I thought he he was probably um, maybe had it more polished or than uh, than what I had that that year. But it's also but, so, that's why it's so important to be authentic and be yourself. Like yeah, when yeah. you see comics emulating other comics, mm-hmm. it's like don't go down that road. Find your own voice because if you're gonna if you're just gonna try and sound like this person, yeah, then that person will get the stuff over you because they're ahead of you yeah yeah well i mean we totally have different styles and different takes on it oh, absolutely. But, but he's a, but yeah. he's also been in the cbc yeah so they're gonna they're also gonna pick a comic that they've worked with before that that's safer whereas i'm definitely got a little bit of like You're a, not safe at all. an edge to that like i can do clean but no one wants to fucking take a gamble on it apparently <laughs> i dare you to take a gamble i know i can do it you've heard me on the debaters you know i can work clean guys come on <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I've been on the debaters, but I still am like, I can't do clean. <laughs> I've done- By the way, we're talking about Dave Hempstead. you got to check out his album. If yeah. You, oh, What's it called? It, uh, uh, comedy Dump Truck. It is one of the best comedy albums really? I've ever heard. And it's so funny. Uh, he, you know, he's been doing comedy for a long time. Yeah. So it was his first album. So he has this like huge catalog yeah. and he's picked his greatest hits and it is really really good like yeah. i listened to it and i was just dying laughing i've heard some of it because i've seen him live but i didn't remember all of it too but i was like this is just so polished like that guy's a master he does he deserves to have every bit of success that he has yeah he's so funny he is so funny and he's a really great person too yeah yeah i love him so yeah. yeah Hempstead is awesome um um now I have to think of it. And it's clean. You can listen to it with your family. I'd roll the dice on Hempstead and <laughs> oh, Madeline was in the car and I was listening to it. But she's two. What do two-year-olds really pick up? Oh, do they pick up stuff? Madeline says some words now. <laughs> <laughs> and she said swear words? Oh, well, yeah, she's but but never because of me, because of Jenna. Jenna slips up. That's amazing. <laughs> but one time, listen, I I'm always driving her in the car and I have really bad road rage. I think every parent I get does. so fucking mad at people, and it's just... Don't drive around Vancouver. You'll kill someone. I Oh, yeah. I, I was out in the passenger seat today. <laughs> They're horrible drivers. So I'm driving her one day, and uh, I'm coming into... This is in Bracebridge. I come into the Tim Hortons parking lot, and you got to drive, like, before you get into the drive through lane. Like, I had to turn left to get into the drive through lane, but there was... I was sitting there waiting because the lineup was backed up, so it was, like, flooding out into the the main 
laneway in the parking lot. Yeah. So I'm waiting, and it's clear that I'm turning left into the drive-thru. Another car coming the like oncoming direction towards me exercises the right of way and goes cuts in line on me. <gasps> like you know that I'm fucking in line in the drive-thru yeah. and you fucking cut in front of me, bitch. I'm losing my fucking cool and I realize she's in the back and I'm not I'm not swearing or anything. I'm just biting my tongue. I'm just fuming and I get in line behind this person. It's a woman and a man in their little fucking shitbox car and she's throwing cigarettes out the window and he's throwing garbage out the window i'm like oh if my kid wasn't here i'd drag that husband out of the car and just start beating him i wanted to fuck this guy up because like they're just pigs you know they're just pigs and so i'm i can't swear and that's really bugging me right now and i wait and i wait till they get up to the front right to the drive through uh the speaker box and i wait for her i see her roll down the window and right when she's about to order, I just start hammering on the horn. <laughs> so, like, she can't order because I'm just <laughs> just so loud right behind her, just jarring. They're, like, looking back, and I just keep doing it and, like, really, you know, throw them off their game, yeah. right? So we get our she – get, she gets her Tim Hortons, and I get my Tim Hortons, and I'm driving out of the parking lot, and I'm going out, like, to this – this place called the play pit it's awesome i take my kid there the play pit every week oh yeah it's like a it's kind of like you just throw your kid in a pit and go an indoor it's, it's, it's like a little bit like chuck e cheese but yeah. yeah an indoor amusement you know thing it's it's awesome so I, we're on our way out there and it's on the edge of town so i see realize that who's in front of me the people that just got the tim hortons well i'm gonna follow them for a little bit and scare them yeah <laughs> totally so i'm tailgating them <laughs> oh my God. being an asshole and uh we get to like the edge of town. Like I fall on right to the edge of town, <laughs> and then right before I like turn off to go to the play pit, I just hammer on the horn again, ah! <laughs> and I hear in the back seat my daughter just go beep 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 beep. <laughs> Kids do pick up. So I'm very glad I wasn't swearing because I think she would have repeated that. <laughs> has she? Have, has she ever sworn in front of you? Is it adorable? She does. She has swore, but she didn't like realize that she was saying a bad word or whatever. But I, I'm try- I think she said the f the f word once. I think uh, maybe she. Oh, you know what? She says "damn" because oh my God. we listen to Katy Perry. Oh, Katie, but damn is in the swear. No, no, anymore. no. But for a little kid. For a little kid, I guess. Katy Perry's got that song. I don't know what it's called. The TGIF, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she's like, damn. And so Madeline's in the back. She's like, damn. And I'm like, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> she loves Katy Perry. That's hilarious. She likes she likes punk, too. She's like. She's a cool kid. Yeah, yeah. She's all right. <laughs> I was at a grocery store once. and um, <laughs> She does the MC Hammer dance, too. That's amazing. <laughs> she's really cute i was at a grocery store once and this woman was like calling her son and then she called her son one more time and he like literally goes i'm fucking coming and i was like i couldn't stop laughing i'm like oh shit and she was so angry and like i know you're not supposed to laugh at kids but yeah that was sometimes when i would get in trouble with my with my dad i would say something and he would start laughing Oh, but yeah. you'd have to be angry at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I made you laugh, so now I'm not in as much trouble. Oh yeah, I got a, <laughs> I got a story about that too. Uh, I don't think my dad found it very fucking amusing though. But my brother and I, we'd always fight, and like when we were kids, like we'd punch each other in the face. Like it was like, 
some brothers when they fight they like you know they're hitting each other in the shoulders more wrestling no like we just go straight to like trying to kill the other guy yeah and we're we're pretty bad kids like not in school but like around the house yeah with each other we always fight and my dad and his buddies are all standing outside the carport smoking and drinking beer and my dad was yelling at my brother and i for for fighting and i walk up to him in front of all of his friends and i was just like i think i was 10 years old i just look at him I'm like eh, bite me <laughs> <laughs> which isn't the most clever thing but there's so much sauce behind From it a kid too. and my dad was like <laughs> His eyes just like bugged out of his head and all of his buddies are fucking dying <laughs> laughing. So I'm like, oh shit, here we go. I know I'm going to fucking get it. He drops his beer bottle on the driveway and just starts chasing me. I'm like, oh fuck. And I'm, <laughs> I'm running a little bit faster than him because I'm 10 years old and he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but he's coming like the Terminator. He's T one thousand chasing me, and uh, there's a giant spruce tree in our front yard. I knew he was so proud of this fucking tree because he planted it too. So I hang like a like a real hard right, and he doesn't because I'm ten and he's drunk, and he slips on the wet grass and like blows a sandal, like twists his ankle. And slides out, and he, like, skips across the grass, like, boom, 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 like a goalie doing a two-pad slide, just down. Oh, my God. And he's not getting up. <laughs> like, he's down for, like, a little bit. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> We're getting the belt. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the belt? Oh, yeah, we got the belt. That's why I talk about it in my stand-up back, but it's totally, like. That's the reason for it? It's Yeah, like, it's just so relevant to this story. <laughs> Like yeah. the, the worst was getting the belt second. <laughs> I think we were the last generation that it was okay to beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember we'd get the wooden and, spoon. And I, yeah, the wooden spoon was a mom thing. Yeah, though. that was like, my mom. My the, my dad never was the, a. My dad was not a belt dad. My dad was the, not the licking stick. The licking. That's stick. what. That's you're getting the licking stick, boy. Oh. But no, yeah, my dad wasn't like that rough with us though. But it was just you know. But no, it was a correction, but now, like, oh, if, if somebody... It's a lot different now. Because I remember once my mom, she was brushing my hair, and I had really long hair, and she got into a tangle, and I screamed, and she's like, if you scream again, I'm breaking this brush over your butt. Yeah. And I was, like, being a lot sassy girl. I'm like, <laughs> And so she literally smacked this brush yeah. over my butt, and I ran out of the house, and I was like, my parents are beating me! Like, <laughs> like it's ridiculous, but, but it, that doesn't happen anymore. But I feel like... Or it shouldn't. Like, corporal punishment for me... As a kid, yeah, there's like a healthy fear of consequence yeah. there for me. Like it, I, I never felt like I was beaten or no, abused. Me I never felt like, like that. And I'm not saying that uh, like I, I, I couldn't do it to my kid. Like yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't have that in me. Um, but but it also wasn't something that like tormented me or like yeah, yeah scarred yeah. me. Like I just knew. Well, there's a difference from being beaten I knew, and being punished. I knew as a kid that I was willing to take the take the lick. Yeah. to be an asshole. Yeah, like so, I kind of knew you had consequences. Yeah, and yeah. and and it happened, but but uh, the um, what does he say? Uh, my dad, when he was a kid growing up, when he went to sc- when he was in school, they used to give you the strap in school. Yeah. And I remember he tell he told me that he got sent home from school uh, because they gave him the strap so many times and he refused to cry, so they sent him home 
because he'd have to face his dad, and then he'd oh, be more yeah. afraid to face his father than the school. And I, I, I do think that there's because uh, the corporal punishment thing. A lot of people went overboard with yeah. it. Obviously, child abuse isn't like no. at all cool, but uh, there is. There's no fear at home of. I don't mean fear like that. Should, like fear of consequence at home. Yeah, you should. Like kids will lose their iPad for a day. Yeah, or yeah. Something. They, they don't. They don't. Kids don't give a fuck about that. And now schools really don't have that like authority. Authority. So kids know you can't fucking do anything to them now, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's interesting like that. Um, but yeah, but beating kids is not a no. way to solve anything. <laughs> no, no, and I, and I don't. I don't think it really worked. Yeah, or works. But I mean, there. But but there's something missing now. When it comes to disciplining yeah. kids, there is some, there is like a, a layer that, that, uh, maybe we, we skipped over like an in-between, an in-between phase between, yeah. you know, timeouts and, and, uh, the, the belt <laughs> or like a Well, and two, I think that it was more in my house, it was more of a threat. I think I might've gotten the wooden spoon twice in my life. That's it. You only need it once to but- know what. If what I knew, like. if she, if exactly, <laughs> if I was doing something shitty and my mom was like, next time, if you keep doing this, you're getting the wooden spoon. I would stop because I, I had yeah. gotten it once before and it, I never wanted it again. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very interesting. And I think that the, um, oh, what was the other thing that, oh, I saw, I did see, uh, one of the greatest kids banks of all time. <laughs> I was walking down the street and this kid like runs in front of me yeah. and his mom just swoops down from like a storefront there's like steps just comes right down and like a full like swing like full i would say i would call it like a monkey swing just boom spanks this kid right in the ass and he catches flight and goes right into like the open door of their van like he like she spanked him from the street right into the van it was fucking incredible I was like, that's like, I don't know what they call it in squash when you hit a fucking home run <laughs> or cricket or whatever the fuck those games. But it was a wallop. Wow. That was a wallop. I was like, I hope that was your kid. Yeah, yeah I hope that was your kid. <laughs> Did I just see an abduction? Yeah. It is such a weird thing to talk about because like when I was younger, I was like, it, 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 every everybody had it. But now like it's just like, yeah, it is. You would get your kid taken away from you. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, I mean. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think it's. So- I don't think it solves anything. But I, I do think that there's maybe like a missing. We missed a step. Oh yeah. Like we got way too soft, and I think everything's got too soft. Oh yeah. Because we're we're like an air as humans, we're an arrogant species. Um, we try and reject our animalistic nature. I think that that we're we're not a perfect species, and I think it's devolved into yeah. like we we reject our our primal instincts so much. That it's like built up inside everyone. There's like this, this like you're missing something or you're like frustrated for a lot of people, you know, because you can't act on these impulses anymore. I mean, like physical violence. Like if someone's pissing me off, I'd love to just go out and punch the shit out of them. Yeah. I I go right back to my fucking day, win or lose. Like I'd be totally cool with that. Yeah. I got it out of my system. Well, you can't just fight anyone. No, you can get a criminal record. People are little assholes and they fucking know that they can be a little prick. Mm -hmm. They can talk shit online in the safety of their home. They can say whatever the fuck they want to anyone without consequence anymore. And that's gone now. We've kind of devolved. Yeah. You know, like at a certain stage, I thought – you know, the world was probably, you know, maybe as good as it was going to get. And now it's like gotten a lot shittier. Well, I so, think consequences are going to start coming back because of all, everything that's happened last year is 
things are coming out and people well, are facing consequences. Oh, that type, yeah, that type of consequence. But, it, but there weren't any consequences for the longest time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, that's a, that's a whole other ball whole of wax. Thing, but, but but yes, but yes, I know what you're saying. I mean, th- those people had a lot of free reign to be but motherfuckers. That's, so now so, I think just from that example, a lot of people are going to start looking at their behaviors and let their action everyone is everyone's gonna be like well no i'm not going to do that ever again i've done that in the past a titty grabbing 99 what was it i can't do that (laughs) i can't just grab any titty anymore titty grabbing 99 was just a titty grab (laughs) i've even had women come up to me after shows and grab my tits oh shit and it's just like and it like it's just it's not i don't know it's just like weird but like now people are going to actually start thinking there's consequences to my actions and i think that that is kind of positive oh absolutely yeah yeah. in in that arena absolutely but in everything i think people are seeing that like in everything i think you saying you can't just go out and punch somebody yeah i haven't punched anyone in 10 years i punched a guy uh, a couple years ago uh and i was like very very lucky eugene leave him alone He wants to say something. He wants to say something. But I, uh, he's like, stop putting me in clothes. (laughs) (laughs) She's full of shit. (laughs) She loves beating things. Um, but I, I, after I did that, I'm like, I'm fucking lucky that I didn't get uh, charged with assault. That's totally it, right? So, you can't get that type of criminal charge as a comedian if, no. if you want to cross borders and, and all that, right? Eugene, so. stop being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a certain kinship with animals. And, uh, <laughs> you do. They love you. You have an animal nature. I'm like Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you totally are. That's who I think of when I'm I think enlightened. <laughs> Um, where can people find more stuff on you if they want to follow you? TylerMorrison.ca is my website. You can follow me on Instagram, TylerMorrison123, because I'm the best Tyler Morrison. And then uh, Twitter, at TylerMorrison1. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, two, three on this one. No, no, I got fucked around. There's a lot of Tyler Morrison's. One of them yeah. is a uh, Christian rock singer or musician. That sounds I like be- a total Christian right. rock singer name. Stop <laughs> it. Eugene, come here. I swear to fucking God. You're going to beat my dog. Eugene, he's going to beat you. I haven't hit anyone in 10 years. Don't make me hit the Taco Bell dog. <laughs> <laughs> um but the, yeah, the Christian uh, singer Tyler Morrison has to fucking hate me. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I have another. There's a Kathleen McGee. She's a watercolor artist in San Diego, and she, I'm sure she's a lovely lady that hates that I talk about abortion. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's yeah. funny. <laughs> oh, do you do squirt art? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what those people. I would love to know what she thinks about. Those I should. I don't know if people. she would even know, but she has to have those poor people that have to fucking go through life having the same name as, as a us. Comedian. We had we had a uh, teacher named Paul Bernardo. He's a supply no. teacher, and we'd make him cry every time oh, we had him. That's, I would change my name. <laughs> yeah, you got to. You can't have the same name as a monster. I know it's bad, but just take the L. Yes. <laughs> Listen, Paul, take the L on this one, bro. <laughs> you don't see anyone walking around with the last name Hitler anymore. No. Take the fucking L. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, oh, my God. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming hey, on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, don't drown your kids and don't beat them. Thank you. <laughs> well, I got to the end of the road. Burning bridges wherever I go. But I promise you this, I am getting my kicks. So fuck you,
So fuck you, this is mine